Find That Tape podcast. This is your host, Mr. Sean Woolley. And I'm Dr. Cash. And today we're back with another episode, just really winding back and taking a look at the broader picture today. Um, I mean, not much has changed since we last got on a podcast, but it is the heat of the NBA right now. And me and Cash have different opinions on Russell Westbrook. So we're going to stop start the podcast yeah talking about Russell Westbrook I mean an a, a very bad season for Russ but I'll let cash I'll, I'll let you go first I'll let you decide kind of set the tone for this I mean uh, yeah I, I, it's definitely a pretty bad season for Russ I honestly like I just I don't know I'm I've never been much of a fan of him um I get it he's generational player with these triple doubles but I, he just really hasn't helped any team he's been on. You know, he, he helped the Thunder those couple years, but didn't really help the Rockets, didn't really help the Wizards, and certainly is not helping the Lakers. But, I mean, he's going to have the player option this year, which is going to be worth up to $47 million, which I think we all assume he, he'll take that. That would have him remain with the Lakers. And I don't I don't think LeBron would want that. I don't think. Davis wants that, and certainly the front office doesn't want that. But I, but if you're gonna have to play him, I mean, how how do you see them him fitting in LA for what could be year two? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see him fitting in LA. Um, I think a lot of this year you can put on, you can put on rotational stuff, injuries, yeah. so on and so forth. But when when those three guys got on the court. There wasn't a big enough sample size to really judge what was going on, but it was clear that LeBron and AD like to play ball handler. Russ also likes to play ball handler. You can't have mm-hmm. three ball handlers on the court bringing the ball up. I mean, Anthony Davis stepped back from that and lets LeBron do it, but LeBron doesn't likes to handle the ball. He likes to start off in control. Russ also likes that. I, I just don't see it fitting. I mean, somebody has to play shooting guard, and, and we've seen Russ's shooting numbers. I, I just don't see a fit here ever. Uh, unless they trade one of their big players here. Right, and I mean, like, I'll, that's the point I was about to bring up. Like, Russ is not an off-ball player. Like, he, you can't maximize him at all having him play off-ball, waiting to shoot the ball. That's just not how Russ is. He's explosive, fast, tries to get to the rim. And that didn't work out in Houston. That didn't work out the first half of the season with Washington, and then Beal figured it out. Um gave Russ the keys to the offense, and we saw what they did. They tore it up towards the end of that season. So I think I think yeah. that it, he needs a reset, and I don't know what team is going to be willing to pay that money, but if a team is willing to give their keys to Russ for, to lead the offense, to play on ball, I think that would work out pretty well for them. And I, I saw one of the teams emerging uh, that we could look as a potential suitor for Westbrook is Charlotte. That's interesting to me because, I mean, obviously, I don't. What do you think they could give up there? I mean, I'm thinking maybe Rozier, Gordon Hayward. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, for the Lakers to be interested. Honestly, I think, I mean, Hayward is uh, probably one of the best case scenarios if he could stay healthy. I don't know if the Lakers are willing to take that risk though. Uh, yeah. The thing with Rozier is, I feel like you're getting a, a, a ball handler there where. And the Lakers really want to get away from that. I mean, I could potentially see a pick here. Yeah, sort of second rounder maybe. 
I mean, I feel like for the Hornets, I understand why they're in it. Like, Lamelo can shoot, right? And I think you mentioned it earlier. Like, he's been successful with guys that can shoot the ball where he can take it up and dish it out. I mean, Paul George, when they had when he was at OKC, they had a good year. They lost to a better team in the Blazers. Same thing uh, in the Bradley Beal year, but I just don't think that team had enough time or enough depth yeah. to really do anything. Um, but I could see it fitting for sure in Charlotte. I just I feel like that takes a step back for the Hornets. I mean, what do you think? Because I think this just – I mean, they're trying to go young. Russ is a bit old. I mean, yeah, and, and he's a lot of money. But at the same time, uh, there's you're gonna have to give up. I mean, Gordon Hayward's contract. I mean, let, let's see. It's like uh, it's pretty bad. It's um, it's like the Hornets can't afford to pay both of them. Like he's getting paid, I think, four years, one hundred twenty million. So like thirty million a year. It looks like. Um, yeah, I mean, I, if I think if Russ came, Gordon Hayward would automatically get cut. Yeah. Yeah, or he'll be a he'd be a Laker. I don't I don't know if LA would like be willing to give give up. Um, I I think they actually I think they'd be willing to get Gordon Hayward. I mean, we saw what LeBron and AD did. Like while Hayward's out, LeBron and AD can function. But you bring in Hayward into that mix. Um, I think that that's that's a pretty good lineup. But again, yeah, it's it's a money issue. And going back to the Hornets, like, do you really want? Rosier and Westbrook like I don't I, that's where what Russ won't fit because he's going to be off ball with Rosier bringing the ball up the court yeah I mean to be honest it, it's interesting to think about but I, I just really don't see it happening I, I don't find I don't see any team taking on Russ's contract uh, I think yeah. we talked about this before like it's it's too big way too like yeah 47 million that's insane i could see him getting waived uh this year and potentially getting picked up with some sort of reduced contract yeah for sure um but the the lakers are in trouble from that point of view because they unless they in order for them to find a way to get him out they're they can't reduce that contract this year so they're kind of stuck with it you know yeah i mean that that's that's a trio that just I don't. That's probably one of the only trios that I've seen that just couldn't make it happen. And just injuries and just weren't a good combination. But I mean, another trio we could potentially see in the playoffs could be Brooklyn. And right now they're locked in the play. And currently, as it stands, they'd be playing against Cleveland. I we talked about this briefly on the last episode. Um, but do you think that? If Simmons comes back, Brooklyn could be a legitimate threat to beat either what's right now one seed Miami or two seed Milwaukee. No, uh, no, I think it's been an. I think the concept is very uh, intriguing. I think the biggest issue that we've seen throughout these so-called experiments is that the teams don't have enough time to mesh. That's my main concern in Brooklyn. I mean, Ben Simmons looks healthy. You can see him shooting around in practices. You can see clips of him working on his shooting, yet he's not playing. So yeah, it seems that's... like a kind of a coach's DNF. Maybe he's waiting for the chemistry to go. If that's the case, the team could look very good come playoff time. 
at this point, I don't know what they're waiting for, though. They've clinched a play-in spot. I mean, why, yeah, it's why, now or they? never. It's yeah, just try some stuff while while you while you're waiting around. Anyways, you're not moving up and down too much. I mean, I feel like yeah, inserting that, inserting a star like in the postseason, like that's it's super risky because that's it's something you have to get adjusted to with the rotation and then um, seeing how he fits. Like if it's not a good fit and you're three games into a series, like that's, it, that, that, that it doesn't work like that. And I feel like in the play-in, they're already, they're either going against Cleveland, uh, Atlanta, or Charlotte. Those are three teams that can get pretty hot offensively. And that's where you need Ben Simmons. So if they can play him, like they got to get him ramped up right now, get his reps in. Yeah. I mean, Here's something interesting. I don't know if you're too familiar with it, but the Nets' last two games are Cleveland and Indiana. So Indiana's already out, and and Cleveland's the seventh seed. So, I mean, I guess that's a harder game. Uh, You look at Atlanta's schedule, they got Miami and Houston. So I think it's almost safe to say they'll go one and one. Did Miami clinch the one? I I mean I think they're they're two games ahead so I mean it's pretty much yeah yeah they, they clinched, clinched the, yeah they clinched the one so I mean Atlanta's probably gonna actually could possibly go two and zero there if, yeah they they can probably bench starters yeah so I mean I guess if you're in the Nets you want to get the eight seed so I could see why but at this point you're probably gonna drop a game uh yeah and I I think that yeah if Atlanta wins out. Or they They'll just gotta win these the two. Seed. I think they either yeah. have eight or I think almost they have a really good chance at seven because Cleveland and Brooklyn uh play each other. Yeah, almost like an season. elimination game. I wonder yeah. it well Atlanta needs the tiebreaker. I'm not sure if they got it. I think over... they have Cleveland. I don't know about Brooklyn. Though. Yeah, I know they don't have Brooklyn because right now both teams are tied and uh Brooklyn has the head to head advantage. So yeah, that would be interesting. So basically, that Cleveland Brooklyn game, I think it's the last game. I don't know. It's the next game. So Cleveland Brooklyn, that's kind of like an elimin- elimination for the seven eight game, pretty much, because the losers end up being a bit of trouble. Down to down, probably down to nine. Yeah. Yeah. Assuming so, Hawks went out. Yeah, that's a little bit interesting. Trying to see uh, kind of what the future holds, but to go back to the Ben Simmons thing. It doesn't make sense that you got this guy and you want to play him in the playoffs and then you're going to not play him for the rest of the season and hope he just meshes in. Yeah, somehow, somewhere, without any, without having played a game in almost a calendar year. Yeah, not to mention these guys are struggling against pretty average opponents, I would say. I mean, Atlanta... The, what you expected out of this team should have been a lot better, in my personal opinion. I mean, they had two wins lately, but both against mediocre teams. I mean, the Knicks hung with them for what? Yeah, yeah, the, the Knicks game. had almost a 20-point lead. Yeah, I, yeah I, I don't know. this. Kyrie and KD have been playing really well. I mean, you see it all over social media, but I don't, I, either it's just depth, a depth issue or defense is that bad i don't know i really haven't watched that much nets basketball i've just seen highlights and looks like Kyrie and katie are they're playing really well as a duo i don't i don't know what's holding that whole team back like they dropped that game 
in Atlanta. That 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 was a huge game. That could potentially cost them seven or eight seed. Yeah, I mean, my thing with the uh, with the, I mean, if you listen to the podcast, you know, I'm not a big fan of the Nets just because I don't really like KD nor Kyrie. Those guys are guys that are pretty arrogant. So I'm not surprised that the defense sucked. I mean, when they had DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, uh, I expected somewhat of a better defensive presence. Yeah. I mean, but they show up in some of these games and just shut them out. And like, it's like they're always playing easy in the first half and then coming second really, half. Like then yeah, they like, turn on, like they know it's do or die. Exactly. Like against the Hawks, I feel like the Hawks had like a, almost a 10 point lead like the whole game and in the fourth quarter it just melted away yeah kd dropped like 53 55 yeah so i mean from that point of view why to me the nets don't aren't acting with urgency right now and people can say whatever they want about steve nash i mean let's be honest is he really coaching that team how much of a coach is really he is he really there for yeah, it's, it's really for KD and Kyrie to do what they want. Right. Yeah, it's he's basically just a coach for the younger players. I mean, KD and Kyrie take control of this offense and this team when they're both playing. So I think that Nash is either going to have to make some sort of call on Simmons, either you play him out this regular season um, or or you just you play him out this regular season or you, you don't play him at all because – Inserting him in the middle of the playoffs is really not going to help this team that much. So well, before, I, I, before before we move on, I got a quick question. Yeah, how much do you think that's Katie and Kyrie saying? Look, we don't even we can't even play with each other a hundred percent yet. Don't put another guy in here. Because I, I don't know. That's that could be true, but like I don't know if that if it's that much a possibility. Just because like from what I've heard them when I've heard them talk about Ben, it's. It's been all positive things. I think as a duo, they figured it out. Like Kyrie's playing all games now, but just I don't I don't know if it's really much of a KD Kyrie thing. Why Ben's not playing? Because yeah. I mean, at first it was that back injury with Philadelphia early on this year. Obviously, he held out, but they held they put it as a back injury. Then he comes to Brooklyn, he's held out now because of like lack of conditioning. Well, it's been what two months now. And it's still lack of conditioning. Like, you got to condition yourself by, by, by playoff time, by playing time. Like, I think How it's time for the comeback. Like, I, I, like, and there's no, there's not many updates on it. It's, it's the same with Zion. Like, it's, it's unpredictable. We don't know. Like, some people are saying, yeah, he's returning by the end of the season. It's a some closed saying, door. Yeah, it's. We have no insight on it, and I think it's just gonna stay that way for the foreseeable future. I don't, I don't know what's going on there, but. That Eastern Conference play-in is going to be something to look out for because two really good teams aren't going to make it, whether that be – I mean, it could be any of the four, but, yeah, two two good teams who all want to win right now um, are, are looking to build their young core into making the playoffs, but two of those teams aren't going to get in. Um, and, like, another one of those teams we could talk about are the Pelicans who are from looking from the out – they're in the play-in, but they're they're in the nine seat, so they're in one way looking from the outside in. They got young core with Herb Jones, now with McCollum and Ingram. How, how do you think, like, let's say they don't have Zion back for the play-in and 
they're probably not going to have him back for the first round. I don't think they're beating the Suns, but at least not the first few games of the first round. How do you think, one, not having Zion's going to affect this team going in, into the play-in? And then, two, do you think this Pelicans team can come out of the play-in? Or will they fall to Clippers, Minnesota, or San Antonio? Yeah, so, I mean, when we've talked off the pod, I was higher on the Lakers coming out of the play-in. So, clearly, they couldn't get their stuff together, whatever, whatever. Um, they're now in the play-in. They, they'll be playing the 9 or the 10, most likely the 9. I think they can beat the Spurs, although the Spurs are well-coached. Um, when I look at a matchup between them and the Clippers, I mean, I don't know. It seems tough. It really does to pick against the Clippers right now because the Clippers seem kind of hot. Yeah, and PG's back. Yeah, I don't think Zion's returning. Like you said, uh, I don't think he's returning at all. Uh, it doesn't make sense why they're holding him out. I, I don't understand what's going on. I know it's also similar to Ben Simmons. Like, it's a very closed-door type thing. And a lot of the stuff that we hear has to be, like, rumors and stuff, which I feel like is kind of annoying for the franchise. He looks healthy and all the Instagram stuff. Yeah. All the social media. You and I, I think like the, the day he posted that windmill dunk between his legs was the day of the report saying that he's done for the season. So I don't know. Maybe that could have been some sort of a message, but it's, yeah, yeah like, like you said, it's, it's all closed door. Exactly. I, I don't, I don't understand what's going on there. I know if he was able to get on the court and play, Mesh with these guys, McCollum and Ingram, who've been playing ridiculous. Hayes has been playing well. I mean, there's three guys right now that are playing well in the last 10 games, and you had a fourth guy. I would see the Clippers having a very tough time beating beating the Pelicans with shooting and with size underneath, which I feel like which is where the Clippers used to win. They used to win with size down low. They don't have that. Yeah, this they don't year. have Kawhi. They're winning, they're, they're winning with shooting. So, yeah, if Zion could get back, I think I could pick the Pelicans more easily. Would uh, you take them against the Suns? Would you take Pels over the Suns with Zion? I think they would certainly push them around. I don't. Nobody's seen Zion this year. There, yeah. There's no. There's nothing you can do to study. Like, this is a, when when. When teams look at these series, they look at them as like, we got to win four or five. We got to play five, four or five games here, especially like one eight. You have, we got to play four or five games. So they're going to study what happened this year when we played those teams because we've already played them three, three, four times, right? So, I mean, there's, there's nothing there. I, I think Zion could certainly change the series and I think that series would start to be a momentum series. And what I mean by that is like you win two games, all of a sudden the Suns are on the back burner and they're gonna be really, really playing desperately, you know. Yeah, but Zion, I mean they don't they don't have that big guy to guard Zion. I mean they have Aiton, but what are you gonna do about uh Valachunas? I think if Zion's there, I think Pelicans push him to six or seven. Um but, Leah, like you said, we don't know what he's going to look like coming back. Um, and also, like, how how this team – I think he'll fit with the team, but it's just having someone with 
that big of a presence just join in like that that late into the season. I'm not saying the Pels are going to regress from it, but I mean it certainly won't won't have the same play style because now your offense is completely res, uh, revolving around Williamson. Yeah, I mean it, it's certainly going to change things. Uh, I just want to see continuities uh, where McCollum is and where Ingram is because if those two guys can play well. I see it being a very long series for whoever they end up playing, which I guess at this point, best case scenario for them is is a series against the Suns, right? So yeah, that's yeah. There's no chance they get the eight. Yeah, so I mean, people are talking about the Suns like they're very unbeatable. I don't know, man. I I think they're unbeatable. I mean, when they're healthy, they're. I think they're definitely unbeatable. I don't they're know who, who could beat them in seven. They're a very good team, but I feel like teams were able to mess with them last year, and, and they haven't changed much besides growth in, in the younger players uh, as much as every other team has changed, which I think is really where people aren't looking enough. I mean, the Warriors are getting basically no attention right now, which I hate. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's because they don't have Steph right now, but in – Right now, I mean, they're competing with the B-team Lakers, so that could be something to concern over. Yeah, I mean, how little is this team without Steph? I don't know if Draymond's playing tonight, but that's concerning to me if I'm a Warriors fan. The fact yeah, no doubt. Cause like, and you're going to have to play Denver first round. Denver's no easy team right now. Yeah, exactly. So... I mean, to me, if we're if we're looking at that type of those teams, the the top two in the West, I I wouldn't or I guess the Warriors are three right now, right? So yeah, hmm. yeah. I mean, they're uh, three, but half a game in front of Dallas. If they lose, yeah, just if they lose, lose tonight, one, yeah, they are, Dallas they're wins. Behind. They're behind. Yeah, because so, Dal- yeah, Dallas has the tiebreaker. Exactly. Yeah. So. I'd be concerned as a Warriors fan, especially if you end up in the four seed. The four seed, I feel like the top four teams in the West right now are playing pretty damn good. Uh, Yeah, oh, they're they're solid. Yeah, and even Utah, I mean, yeah, they've been in a slump lately, but by no means does that deny the fact that they can turn off. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I, I mean, I think Utah, look, defensively, they're, they're strong. That's... They sur- it's surrounded by Gobert, and if the Warriors can't can't connect from outside the arc, which Clay really hasn't been able to do that well this season, Steph's been as inconsistent as it gets. That Utah can pose as a big threat to them, and no mean I'm not I'm not trying to discredit this Warriors team. They're really good. They're a three seed for a reason, but it's just the depth that the, that's in this Western Conference that will give them a problem even as a three seed with a home court advantage. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard because I don't know what Utah's going to bring with what they've been doing as of late. So, like, I mean, losing games down the stretch. Yeah, they blew what? I think two straight 25-point leads. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the game against the Warriors, stuff like that sticks around, you know? 
It, yeah, it like that that just that kind of defines you towards the end of the season. That's what people remember you for. Exactly. So, I mean, when you have stuff like that, that is not going to feel good when you have to play a seven-game potential series against these guys. And you remember that you blew a whatever. What was it? Lead. 25 Yeah, and, and they, didn't have, yeah. they didn't have stuff. Yeah, and then you go to you, – you get a good win at Memphis right after that, playing pretty much the exact same ball without blowing the lead. I mean – that team didn't even have John Morant, and they took you to overtime. Yeah, the Grizzlies. I mean, look, I think they're there. I think that's a little bit of a stretch because Memphis is what twenty and three, something crazy like that without Morant. I think they're really solid without him. But yeah, I think this Warriors team, like Clay said it perfectly. I think I heard it in a post game like people expect like a, a lot of greatness from this team because of what's happened in the past. But now that they've lost some players had a lot of injuries like I don't know if that that uh what's the word like being elite like that constantly is what we should expect from Golden State I don't know that's just something to think about he has a point there yeah I, I mean I don't disagree there but I do think that uh greatness if you will is going to be needed you have to be a good team in order for you guys to be in contention and if you're going to be that good of a team you have to be there on a daily basis real quick as we wrap this up do you think the grizzlies are better without john morant than they are with john morant because the way they've been playing is ridiculous i i i I thought about this a few weeks back like i considered it because they're not just beating really good teams without him they're destroying them they destroyed the Suns without him. You know, they, they just, they look so, they, they play so well together, like passing the ball defensively. I, I, I can't say they're better without John Morant, like just because he, he's like the guy to go to down the stretch for them. Like, I don't think I can really say he hurts the team. But again, like they're destroying really good teams without him and like when they have him they're 50 50 but again he was a they were three seed two seed maybe with him then lost him for those few weeks but i'm not ready to say that they're better without him i really want to see how this first round playoff matchup goes because either it's going to be la or minnesota and those are two really good teams really deep teams yeah i mean when i look at the team i I just wonder if if guys like like Jaron Jackson or, or yeah, if they Dylan can step Brooks. up, Desmond Bain. Yeah, like if they're almost even if like are they ready for their own type of team? But then you look at you look at some of these box scores and the bench is putting up as much as the starting lineup. So I mean, yeah, I, and I think like going back to uh, the depth that they they'll be facing in the first round. I mean, that group that plays without Morant, they're gonna be put up to a test going up against. You know, like players, role players, like not role players, but, you know, Reggie Jackson, uh, Luke Kennard. And then if they face the Timberwolves, they could face like uh, Jaden McDaniels, Malik Beasley type thing. So they're going to be facing teams depths that are almost as equal as them, like if when at their best. So I think ultimately it's gonna, we're going to see which, which better, like the Grizzlies with or without Morant. And it, it's going to be evident. I think they're better with him, but. It's safe to say they're really solid without him as well. 
yeah, I mean, I would hope they were better with him, considering he's the franchise cornerstone. Yeah. I think Steven Adams is going to be the X Factor. The unsung hero of this little run that they're having uh, until Jock gets back, which I'm sure they'll save him to the playoffs. They might be the team to watch out for as the playoffs are just around the corner. This Play year we'll actually week. get a spring playoffs after uh, the summer, late summer playoffs last year. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. That will wrap up today's episode. Make sure you check us out on our social medias on Instagram, Twitter. Hit us up with the follow and check out the website at rewindthattape.com. We appreciate y'all's support and we'll see you guys on the next one.